Comcast Business gives you more for your small business with our new gig speed Wi-Fi plus unlimited data. Ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires new gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement. Welcome to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Psych. We're on episode 34, and I have a little special guest on today to talk about something very specific that a lot of people might know about, but might know a lot of misinformation about. Yeah, so my name is Kate, and some of you might know me, some of you might not. But at least at this point, you're going to know what I have, and I have herpes. So for me personally, my herpes strain is uh, scientifically called HSV, um, and it is dash one. So that is commonly, for most people, uh, recognized as oral herpes, uh, which would be like cold sores. But I have it on my genitals. So I actually have it on the lower half of my body, um, which a lot of people um, know it considered as HSV2, um, which is more of a powerful uh, strain. But um, that is a myth because you can get it anywhere on your body. And uh, yeah, mine specifically wanted to go downstairs. And how long have you known about your herpes? So I had my first visible outbreak in October 2020. And the thing with knowing when I contracted it is that I do not know for sure. So I don't know when I had it. I don't know who I got it from. Um, It wasn't to say that I was sleeping with a lot of people at once. Um, I thought I was being very careful using a condom, um, using my own protection for birth control, uh, things that they tell you to do. So I thought I was being pretty safe. Um... But at some point or another, I did get it. And uh, I don't know how long I did have it because it can stay dormant in your system for more than a year. Uh, You may not know you have it for years and years and years until you do have an outbreak. So, yeah. Yeah, so you covered a couple myths kind of within your story there. But to kind of break into a few ones, like I guess the number one that we've kind of already covered is that herpes is rare. Yes. So uh, herpes is actually a lot less rare than you may think. Um, It is considered to have one in three um, people that have it in any way, shape, or form. So because it's not only one kind of form, um, you can get it as HSV-1, HSV-2. You can get it Whitlow, which is um, anywhere on your skin, Uh, You can have outbreaks anywhere on your body, including your eyes, your ears, um, anywhere internally in your throat. So there are um, a lot of misconceptions that herpes is just um, your private area. It's just your genitals. It's not just that. Um, Only through skin-to-skin contact. Yeah, so you can't just, like, contract it from sitting on a toilet seat then? No, so the, the virus is actually very unstable, Um, Once it's outside of the human body, um, it basically dies. Um, It doesn't matter how long it has been there for. um, It will, once it leaves human contact, it is considered a dead virus. um, So will not spread. Um, So any inanimate objects like a toothbrush, um, you know, like a razor, a a bath towel, um, things like that, 
If it's been outside the body in any way, shape, or form, even in water, it is not an actual active uh, virus at that point. Yeah, so I guess one big reaction a lot of people have to herpes in general or to a herpes disclosure is thinking that you must be a hoe or a slut or whatever if you have herpes. You don't know how long you've had it. Um, so with that being said, um, you can have a partner, um, you could literally have sex with one person and be monogamous and, you know, do the whole wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, um, get married, <laughs> be together for seven years. And, uh, one day because you don't know your partner's sexual history, they don't know their own sexual history. Um, they might have contracted it, um, from a family member when they were a child. Like, there's so many factors where you don't have to be just um, sleeping with multiple partners to increase that risk. So, yeah, you can be very monogamous with one person. They might have it for a very long time and not even know. They can um, show symptoms. You can show symptoms one day. It's not all about cheating. A lot of people think that too, right? Yeah. So they think that, okay, like, you know, if I, I got start, something, you must have you cheated, must have on, cheated me. on me. It's, it's really not like that. Um, it could be like that. Um, in some cases, it is like that, unfortunately, um, where people, you know, go out and they think that they're just cheating on somebody and everything's going to be fine, but then they bring home the STD to their uh, partners, which is um, another way that herpes is spread so rapidly. Mm -hmm. um, and then because there are so many different strains, you have the HSV-1, which is primarily cold sores um, and oral. Um, if you were to have that for any reason, um, again, skin-to-skin -skin contact. So if you had an outbreak um, and you kissed your child um, or somebody, like, you know, who's never had any kind of, like, sexual um, contact, um, just like any kind of family member, um, you could give them the virus um, just from doing that. So it's really just a matter of not if but when in some circumstances yeah I think in a lot of circumstances for sure um because as we've said you can have it for a really long time you can be asymptomatic forever it can just be up in your system yeah and I think yeah that's definitely one thing a lot of people don't understand is that they just think that it's constant outbreaks and mm -hmm. that's the only way you can spread it but that's definitely not true as yeah. we both know so can you spread it uh, when you're not in an active flare-up, or is it just when you're in an active breakout with a bunch of sores and stuff? Like, you can be um, something called viral shedding. So, um, if you think about it, it's kind of like you can stick your hand in a toilet that's all poopy, and then uh, <laughs> you can obviously visibly... Don't do that. If you can help it, don't do that. <laughs> Maybe don't do that one. But if you, if you did, and then you physically wash off the... Um, the poop, <laughs> it's gone in your in your in, in your eyes. It's gone, um, but if you took a microscope to it, there'd still be fecal matter somewhere in your pores, under your fingernails, things like that. So just because you can't visibly see any kind of uh, reaction, any kind of sore, any kind of bump, um, doesn't mean it's not there and it can't be transferred. Um, so again, skin to skin contact. Guess what a condom protects? Insects. That little thing. I mean, whatever you want to call it. little thing. You know, <laughs> compared to your body size, a very little thing on your body is actually protected uh, by this latex condom. Um, 
when you are having sex with somebody, you can transfer it um, with an outbreak or without an outbreak, again, viral shedding, um, just by rubbing on their thighs. If like, When you have sex, you're probably not, you know, between a sheet on the other side of a sheet <laughs> or the hole cut in it. Um, for with just people, a condom penis. It, yeah, like, literally, that's not, you know, you're not, like, extending your body and pushing it out and, like, kind of thrusting it. Like, it's not going to happen like that. Everybody knows you're all over each other. It's going to be other time. contact. There's, there's literally, your skin is somewhere else on their body that's rubbing, that's pushing, that's, you know, getting sweaty and getting all over the place. And we believe in foreplay here. Yeah, and then, like, and, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, like, you are literally skin-to-skin contact during that whole experience when you're cuddling after you have sex, like, before, whatever, when you're touching each other's skin, there is a risk that the spread can happen. So, something that happens when you are diagnosed with it is that you can use um, uh, antiviral medication. So, once the first thing that doctors do recommend is that you do get on through the pills, which are uh, used to kind of depress the virus from shedding or to decrease the risk of it shedding um, and also lessens the symptoms for the actual patient um, that actually has the virus and uh, makes it a little bit better for them when they do have an outbreak. But yeah, that is definitely um, always a risk factor and people don't realize is that it's not a condom that will protect you from contracting any kind of STD that is a viral STD like that it's just not going to do the trick (laughs) but does this mean you can't ever have a healthy sex life or that you'll be single forever no (laughs) absolutely not um so this is like a very huge thing because I think for me too like when I was first diagnosed it caught me off guard completely um when I first realized that I even had it I was like I was itchy for one thing, so first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, I have a yeast infection. Yeah. Um, something like or an ingrown hair. Yeah, I was gonna say hair growing back. Like just literally any detergent, <laughs> like fragrance, 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 underwear being too tight. Yeah, like, like, anything. You just, you just anything, right? So like you're thinking like, okay, yeah, like sure, like you know, I've been protecting myself. I've been using a condom. Um, I have you know doing the things I'm supposed to do when I'm you know, going through the hookup phase, and, yeah, and so you're, like, why am I so itchy, and I'm not talking, like, literally, like, you just, like, once in a while, it's, like, oh, itchy, itchy, (laughs) it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, full on, especially right before bed, and you're sitting there, and you're, like, holy mother trucker, like, I'm sitting here, like, just, like, like, nothing stopping this itch, that visual was great. Like, uh, like I think at one point I was just, like, masturbating hardcore all the time because that's the only thing that would, like, make the, the blood flow differently down there. So, like, it would just, like, Fair stop the itch. It was a thing that I figured out. But, unfortunately, you can't just be masturbating, like, all night. So, like, I mean... I mean, <laughs> I mean sure. We like, got like, other stuff to like, do. Like, do it. <laughs> I mean, like, 10 out of 10. But, like, it's an uncomfortable feeling. So, um... So, uh, in that, this was, uh, this is ironically, um, so this was years before I was actually diagnosed, and I had this moment where I was actually in bed itching the crap out of myself, so I was like, hey, maybe I should go see a doctor, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should go get tested, oh, I don't know, maybe um, not, <laughs> yeah, and so I ended up going into the doctor, and 
um, sidebar, uh, the doctor forgot that I was even there to put me in a room. I was there for like two hours, but I didn't think to actually go. <laughs> but they were like, clo- they were like closing. <laughs> yeah, they were closing. And then this one nurse goes in to check the room, probably to clean everything. And she's like, Oh, like, what are you doing here? And I'm just like waiting for someone to look at my vagina. <laughs> it was wild. But anyway, it's not something you want to have to wait two hours for. No, apparently not. But that, see, that just tells you, I didn't go for any kind of testing before that. And that is a scary thing on its own. Um, get regularly tested. That's, yeah. yeah, please. <laughs> please, new like, partners I, I every care, six months. But it's, it's such an easy thing. And it like literally it really takes as much time as you probably going to get gas at a gas station. And yeah. Like, you just walk in, they, like, take, you know, your blood and your PE, and they go, okay, cool, we'll call you if anything. And it's just one of those things that, again, they don't talk about in the school system as much. But I don't remember them ever talking about going to get tested. Yeah, no. Unless I learned like, about it in university. Yeah. So, <laughs> so another sidebar. Whack. Um, <laughs> whack. But, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm totally going off track here because I'm not writing anything down. So <laughs> I forgot the question completely. Um... That's okay. You can still have a healthy sex life. Yeah, that's I think a, that's what uh, we're yeah, yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> we brought it back. <laughs> so, but I just kind of want to tell the backstory too, right? Yeah. So, like, obviously, like, yeah. So I didn't know, and then I went to the doctors, and then they said um, uh, everything's everything's cool. Like, they they came back and they were just like, you know what? Nothing's wrong with you. We did a full STD panel. Mm-hmm. A full STD panel. Yeah, we can talk about that in a second. Full. <laughs> And then um, and they said nothing's wrong, so it just must be like some hormones or something. And give me like all these weird things that are just whatever. women and our hormones. Yeah. So <laughs> so at any rate, um, I think it was like maybe a couple of weeks later, like it, the symptoms actually did go away on their own, and I was fine, and it was great. And so I went back on my hoe shit. And so oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> naturally. I think around that time I actually got do. into a serious relationship too. So it's kind of like a little ending to that but um boring (laughs) (laughs) just kidding right but like no but um but yeah it was not a very long hoe phase at that point but um and I say hoe phase very lovingly and endearingly yeah we love hoe phases yeah (laughs) and that's like kind of like a part of it you're you're a sexual being and you gotta like do your shit because you know one day Maybe you don't do that shit anymore because, you know, life is what it is. But, um, <laughs> you get old and you die. So, I mean, like, you should at least... You can't be on your hoe shit anymore. You should at least... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But after, let's, like, let's hoe shit safely. Hoe shit safely. So, um, so, yeah. So, then I ended up uh, forgetting and loving and forgetting. And during my entire relationship with the partner that I was with, I didn't get tested because I thought, again... Oh, I'm with somebody monogamously. Why should I get tested? Get tested. I don't care if you're with a person. When you first start seeing a person, like, it doesn't matter who they are. There should be, like, a like a conversation. Like, you're asking them what their favorite color is. Yeah. It should be like, hey, let's go down to the thing and... Ooh, make a date out of it. Make a date out of getting STD screened. And then Absolutely. go for ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Like, make it a cute little, like thing go give blood or something too like, adding that to it. the list of date ideas that's cute that's adorable i love that for us and then anyway so then back to my actual like story about like when i was diagnosed so mm-hmm. again same thing happened i started getting itchy again but the difference between this and the last time because i went to the doctor um it was because i was getting red bumpies on my area mm. yeah um, and they were just bumps. They were just look like, look like uh, ingrown hairs. Yeah, like razor like, burn. Like, literally, like, razor burn. And, which made sense to me, because I was, like, 
shaving. shaving. So <laughs> razor burn happened. So I was like, yeah, it's razor burn. And razor burn's itchy. Yeah, but like the only thing that made a difference is because it started getting like really tingly. Um, it did start smelling kind of like fish. Mm. Of that like nice little like yummy fishy odor. Love that. that everybody just like enjoys. <laughs> so good. And just want to tune us so bad. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, no, I ended up getting, getting like this whole thing happening where I was just like, something is wrong. I have to check this out. Oof, I'm making a lot of noise. <laughs> I'm tapping a pen. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, something's wrong. I got to check it out. Um, so I ended up going to the STD panelist um, and then getting that done. And it came back negative. And I was like... That is really weird because this is not normal. And keep in mind that maybe a week or two before I did have um, sex with somebody that mm. I um, knew for about four months prior. I worked with this person. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up uh, going over to his place for a one night stand. And I was using a used condom and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like... It was great and wonderful and everything was good and dandy, but um, it wasn't. So around that same time, I was also kind of seeing another person because I was, you know, dating people and trying to get to know them. Yeah, dating around. I was dating around. A little bit of so shit about it. Like, yeah, I was, just, I was just like doing my damn thing. Like, I'm cute, young, fun. Um, so I was... But, you know, I was, I was kind of like seeing someone, we were getting to know each other, and uh, so... It, it kind of put a halt to that where obviously I didn't want to do anything sexual with that person because mm -hmm. I was like, there is something wrong. I know they're saying there isn't anything wrong, but there's something wrong with me. Um, and I think it was a week after that, um, I started getting actual like sores and they were open sores. They were like, they were oozing. Like they were like literally what you picture herpes to look like. They were everywhere. Um, and some on my butt, like on my butthole, like it, it was like everywhere down there. It was bad. Ouch. It was, and it hurt. And it hurt when you peed because your pee as a woman, it comes out and it splashes everywhere. Right all in my area. It's all up in your shit. Like, <laughs> it's literally, like, there's no escaping it. There's not, unless you, like, literally hover over the toilet and spread open your lips, like, like <laughs> it's everywhere. And it's like, it's like getting a cat scratch and putting freaking like, you know, hand sanitizer on your hands. Ouch. Like, it's, it's gonna hurt. Um, so Yeah. So that happened, and so then I went to my actual doctor, and the whole way that I was on the way there to the doctor, like an actual doctor, not an STD panelist, I was thinking, oh, I know it's herpes. I know it's herpes. Like, I knew it. Like, I knew it in the back of my mind. I was like, I know it is. I know it is. But then in my head, I was like, it's probably syphilis. <laughs> that, that can be cured by a pill. Like, yeah. you're fine. It's one of the easy ones. It's one of the easy ones. Like, you can, like, literally take a pill for it. It's probably some weird gonorrhea rash, some chlamydia rash. Like, I don't know. It's probably just some other STD. Easy peasy. Like, gone in a week. And this is, like, coming from me where I was, like, I was so, like, I never had to worry about that ever in my life. Like, I never gave a thought to having an STD before. Mm hmm So to, like, literally sit there and be like, oh, I hope it's this. Like, even though, like, you know, intuition, so, you know what it is. It's a weird train of thought to be in. It's a weird train of thought. <laughs> and so... I get there, and then the doctor literally looks at it, looks at it. Yeah. He looks at it, and he's just like, you have herpes. Yeah. Like, didn't Gun. have to, like, he, <laughs> he, he did a swab and all that good stuff and everything, but he's like, you have herpes. And I don't think that if I mentioned it to him and just went for another STD screen paneling that they would never know. They would never have caught yeah. it. So that's really scary, too, because you just don't know. 
And then, uh, yeah, and then I end up taking Valtrex, which is um, a medication they use, right? So mm -hmm. I end up taking the Valtrex, and then the actual, like, sores and everything went away. And when I say went away, like, they left bruising and scars for, like, a week after they were there. Mm -hmm. But then it was, like, one day they just, like, all disappeared. Like, everything is beautiful and peachy and amazing down below. It's great. Love that for you. Like, it's really good. <laughs> So, me medically speaking, I was actually on the up and up at that point. Um, this is just medically speaking. Emotionally is a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So, as you kind of covered, STD panel tests don't usually test for herpes. No. You can get a full test. You can test regularly. And unless you're going to see a doctor with an active visual outbreak, they're probably not going to say that that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, they don't. And then they don't even know, like, if even if you stay there and you're like, I want to get tested for herpes, and you request it specifically and say, like, okay, my partner has it, so I want to get tested for it just to make sure if I have it already or if I did contract from them. Um, a lot of doctors don't have enough information about it to even feel comfortable, first of all, talking about it. There's a lot of doctors that will actually just, like, write you off completely if you even come in and say it's about herpes. Ugh. There's a lot that have misinformation. So, um, quick example, my friend walked in. This is like a while, long time ago. And I remember her coming home from her doctor's appointment. And she said that she asked the doctor to check for herpes because her partner um, did have it. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, um, has he been cheating on you? Ew. Like, stuff like that, where it's, like, these, like... And that's putting... not a conversation that needs to be had with your doctor. No, and then that's the thing. It's, like, they just, like, they, they amplify the stigmas that are already there about the whole thing. So, yeah, I just, I just feel like it's one of those things that are still in the medical community, unless you're going to maybe, like, a specific, like, women doctor. Yeah. Um, or, like, an STI. Gynecologist. Clinic. Like, like, like yeah. specializes yeah. in all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not going to get that same care. I was lucky enough to go to a random doctor because I don't even have a family doctor. I went to a random doctor and he was a freaking amazing man. And he, like, I trusted him as soon as I saw him kind of thing, right? So I was yeah. really fortunate. And he was able to talk to me about it and give me the information that I needed. But even then, like, I don't remember getting a pamphlet. I don't remember getting any more information than this is what you have. I'll call you in a couple of weeks to let you know what strain you have kind of thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, could have used some extra info there, for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> so, we have plenty more of this interview to cover, but we did go on for quite a while, so I, I have chosen to break it up into two episodes. This seemed like a good spot to stop it. Um, I hope that it offered you some new perspectives, some new information, maybe something you didn't know before, maybe... A conversation you want to start or a little bit of a new perspective on the stigma around herpes. Uh, I did want to thank my friend here for joining in on this conversation and being so open and vulnerable and honest and I hope you can all tune in for next week's episode which will be a part two where we dive into a little bit more of the stigma and dating with herpes. So thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week.